Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Reverend Brother Raymond Lagrange, a transitional deacon who's with us for the summer. Let's begin with a prayer to Our Lady. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today we're going to talk about a topic that very often comes up when people seek pastoral or even spiritual direction from priests, and that is, um, what do I do when it seems like everything is piling up all at once, when trouble is piling up on trouble, when I feel completely overwhelmed, um, and and I'm, and I'm looking to God with... Um, at best, a big question mark <laughs> mm-hmm. and a bubble over my head. Why are you doing this, God? You know, when um, or why are you letting this happen? You know, what what are some what are some ways in which we can um, find help, fi- find find help, or even fi- at least find guidance of of how to face that that trouble? Um, so, uh, Brother Raymond, you 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 have some principles from from our our good friend and elder brother in the Order of Preachers, St. Thomas Aquinas, right? Yeah, I think uh, the the first place I, I start with these kinds of questions, St. Thomas, uh, following the, the Greek philosopher Aristotle, says that our reason has political rule over our passions. And what he means by that is, you know, our emotions, our feelings, our desires, these are these are influenced by by our thoughts, by by the truths that we know, mm-hmm. but we we can't necessarily completely control them. So, for example... Say, you know, you're hungry, uh, you might see a Big Mac floating by, and you really want to <laughs> eat that, uh, it's, eh, but it's, it's Good Friday, and oh, yeah. it's, it's the middle of the day. You really want that, but it's, it's going to be at least a couple days before Big Macs enter into the picture. Mm-hmm. Then maybe that's your plan for your Easter party. <laughs> so it's not really possible for you to just turn it off. You know, I'm, I'm going to stop feeling hungry, I'm going to stop wanting the Big Mac. But you do have some options. You could either dwell on the Big Mac. You can think about it. You can stare at that. You can put it on a pedestal and walk in circles around it. You can try it really hard to salivate. Or you can try to distract yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, or you, you can think about you know, how much you love fasting because it's something giving it to God. Mm-hmm. So there, there are some different options about how to approach that. And this is the way that uh, your, your reason can't completely control you but, or control the passions. But... We say there's there's political control the same way that uh, you know a politician he can he can kind of control the populace mm-hmm. um, sort of by by directing it by trying to point it to higher things but he can't just you know snap his fingers and make all the people agree with him right that's a great analogy yeah because mm-hmm. because yeah we yeah I mean when you think of political control yeah that's not very a high <laughs> it's not a very high <laughs> level of control yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. You can you can pass a law about something, but that doesn't mean that mm-hmm. people are going to to definitely obey it or even pay attention. You yeah. Know? Or even realize sometimes what what you've said. You know. Mm-hmm. So there's a real 
but yeah, so it's so political control as opposed to complete control. Yeah. You know, um, so, uh, yeah, so that's, but, uh, but when, but when we are dealing with trouble, especially when we feel overwhelmed, mm-hmm. when we feel that, um, it's just getting impossible to keep, to keep going under these burdens that, that we were carrying. It is good to think about how reason does have a role. Um, reason does, does help direct us or it can help, it can help kind of suggest direct the, the passions, direct our whole self mm-hmm. to, to a higher, to a higher truth. Uh, and I definitely see that, um, many times when we're, when we get really discouraged about something, we tend to be zooming in really tightly on something that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're so focused on that or so almost obsessed by that that we can't see outside of it. That's all we can see. And if that's all we're focusing on and we can't see the wider context, yes, it's going to be very difficult not to think that everything is falling apart. But when we try to zoom out a little bit and we try to see the bigger picture, especially the picture – that God sees as much as we can start to apprehend that we are going to be able to perhaps direct ourselves a little beyond that mm-hmm. immediate suffering. Yeah. Not that it will be easy because of course it's, you know, that the control is only political so that we, right. we, uh, you know, some th- things that happen in life will hurt and, mm-hmm. you know, we might feel the pain for a very long time. Right. Uh, you know, it can be years before, uh, the emotions start to calm down. And so we know that there, there's a way forward and a way to start, you know, getting our mind back in order, but um, there's no easy switch to flick. Uh, right. It's a burden we have to bear. Right. Right. And you, you mentioned a great quote by Viktor Frankl before the, we, when we talk about this episode. Yeah. Vic, Viktor Frankl, he, he was a fascinating man. He, worked as a psychotherapist mm-hmm. and you know in the 30s uh, living in germany as a jew he was working on what he called logotherapy mm-hmm. which is an idea that uh, in order to to provide therapy to people with issues in their lives as opposed to a, a kind of freudian therapy uh, where mm-hmm. you're trying to look at say what's being repressed in somebody's life mm-hmm. he was going through therapy by meaning so logos mm, comes right. from a, a greek word that uh means something like like thought or meaning or word mm-hmm. And so logotherapy, the idea is that uh, the, the therapeutic approach is to say what is the meaning in your life that you're looking for? Uh, why are you, are you struggling? Mm-hmm. Why, what do you want to live for? Mm-hmm. And so Frankel was working very hard on this, but as he was, he was putting his thoughts together and getting ready to publish something, he was taken to a concentration camp. Wow. And he, he spent years, uh, he, he was in a few different concentration camps, over time until he was finally liberated. But while he was in these concentration camps, he put his own, his own theory to practice mm-hmm. and started asking his own questions about, you know, what is the meaning? Why do I do this? And so for him, the, the way he approached it was, you know, I, I want to live because, for example, I want to share this logotherapy with the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I want to do this, I need to survive the camps. I need to see the other end of this. Mm-hmm. I need to work on sharing what I've worked so hard on with others. Mm-hmm. For us as Christians, uh, in some ways, we have we have the answers worked out for us. We're not just trying to survive to share some idea. Uh, we're we're living for union with Christ right. and with Jesus Christ crucified, mm-hmm. who suffered immensely on the cross for us and. 
we we want to join ourselves to that in some way. And we know that uh, even when when the suffering is incredibly immense, that's when we can be most close to Christ and when we need him the most. At the same time, that's not a, that's not an easy answer that satisfies everything right away. We'll still we'll still suffer, we'll still hurt, we'll still be in pain. But this gives us a, a sort of a framework, a direction to look as we as we try to find meaning in our own sufferings and mm-hmm. in the concrete circumstances. Why am I going through this? How will I give this to God? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, really going deeper and deeper as far as we can in, into the mystery of God's love for us, despite mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. So, another, didn't Victor Frankl say, "Don't don't ask, you know, what is the meaning of life?" Yeah, yeah. It's not. He said. Uh, you don't ask life, what's the meaning of life? That's a question that life asks you. You know, when you're mm. suffering, when you're going through great difficulties, life is asking you, what is the meaning? Mm. And to live well, you have to answer that question. You have to find the answer. Right, right. And as Christians, we know that that answer is found, especially when it comes, you know, in terms of our suffering, the answer is found with Christ mm-hmm. on the cross. And, uh, and I've seen so many times as a priest that... Um, it's very helpful, uh, if not always easy. It's at least helpful, and it's a very, very good path to the truth and to the to the true meaning of our lives as followers of Christ. To reflect upon how Christ handled being overwhelmed, how He handled that situation on the cross where everything seemed to be utterly falling apart, everything seemed to be failing, at least in the mm-hmm. eyes of almost everyone who was an onlooker, including even most of his disciples, it all seemed to be falling apart in a, in a tragic and, and horrific way. Um, one of the things he did was he quoted Psalm 31, you know, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. You know, everything I have is yours, Father. Um, you know, my, I, like I, I've, I've done all that I can. My hands that have healed so many people, are now immobilized and nailed to the cross. My feet, which have walked so many miles to bring the good news, are nailed to the cross and can walk no more. You know, even my voice, which is, you know, spoken your word um, to your lost sheep, even that is asphyxiating upon this cross. Mm -hmm. And so everything I have, everything that seems to be falling short, everything that seems to be falling apart, I place in your hands, Father, so that you may may raise it up again. You're listening to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Reverend Brother Raymond LaGrange, and we've been discussing um, how to face um, trouble piled on trouble, how to face the spiritual crisis of being overwhelmed with difficulty in our in our lives, and we've spoken about how uh, our passions, you know, our feelings, um, our you know, our emotions, but also just our physical desires or or or, or physical suffering um, has kind of its own its own mode of have they have their own modes of operating, but but reason does have at least a political rule over them. Not an absolute rule, not absolute control, but political in the sense that just like uh, someone in, who governs another um, can try to direct them in the right way, can try to, to raise their, their view to something that's uh, an important norm or standard or, or good or common good. Uh, so, so our reason can 
help help our passions, help move them in the right directions, or at least at least direct them to some extent. Um, and we spoke about how um, Viktor Frankl and his um, his uh, his suffering in a concentration camp during the Second World War um, uh, persisted, survived by finding meaning in his suffering, meaning in his life. That that you know he 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 realized that he can't ask life what is the meaning of life. In a sense, he said that's what life is asking me. You know, you need to give meaning to this life. And and as Christians, our meaning of life, especially when it comes to suffering, is is found upon the cross. Um, and how Christ himself faces suffering um, by, by placing all into the hands of his Father. Um, so so when, when we have that, that great feeling of being overwhelmed, um, we can try to raise our eyes to Christ upon the cross, um, look to him as, as the example, because he doesn't simply tell us you know, how to face suffering. He shows us how to face suffering. That's one of the great gifts of our, of our Catholic faith. You know, we don't only have a written word, you know, spoken to us. Uh, we have the word made flesh who's revealed himself to us. God could, if he wanted to, some theologians speculate, God could have saved the world in other ways than by sending the second person of the Trinity, you know, to, to take flesh in our human nature and, and, to, and to suffer and die for us and rise from the dead. But in his own mysterious and providential goodness, he he showed us the the answer to to to, to suffering. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, Brother Raymond? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's very interesting to me that one of the most uh, most knotted problems in history of philosophy of religion. And you'll hear mm-hmm. people argue about this all the time uh, when, it, when it comes to questions of the faith. Is is the problem of evil? Mm-hmm. Um, how can God allow evil things? And, you know, on an intellectual plane, when we talk about the realm of arguments, I think really that's just, uh, that's that's writ large what happens in all of our lives, where we have to make meaning of our own suffering and figure it out. And I think part of the reason that problem is so knotted as, a, as an intellectual problem mm-hmm. is that there's not a, a neat argument that dispels evil in the world. Right. What dispels evil in the world is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and we're not going to make sense of evil in the world um, here on earth. We're going to make more, the more sense of it, the closer we get to Christ. And ultimately it's only, only in heavenly beatitude where we see God as he is with no intermediaries mm-hmm. that will make sense of his love for us in spite of everything. Right. And so I, I think our, uh, our, our work on earth is, is certainly not to, to look to explain away our own problems, but to, right but to unite our suffering with the sufferings of Christ, something that concretely happened, not, not just some idea. Right. Exactly. And we see another kind of like a, a secondary incarnation of a response to suffering and trouble in, in the saints, especially the saints that suffered mm-hmm. greatly, because they themselves were imitating, you know, Christ as best they could. Uh, and each saint, you know, because each saint is a unique human person with a unique, you know, context, a unique, you know, family situation or lack thereof, a unique, you know, vocation, you know, culture, each one of them, you know, shows us a different facet of, of, of what it, what it can mean to accept 
to accept suffering. Um, one of my favorites is uh, is Saint Therese of Lisieux. You know, as, mm-hmm. as someone who had such a, a a joyful, expansive soul, you know, who wanted to be the heart of the church, um, who wanted to be love in the midst of all things. Uh, she she had great suffering. You know, she mm-hmm. had suffering from perhaps depression that she suffered from or uh, and and internal suffering, but also she had you know. Uh, you know, was it was it uh, tuberculosis that she? Yeah, she got she got tuberculosis as a young woman, and eventually that mm-hmm. that took her to God. Um, but 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 in the midst of that, she um, she struggled. She certainly struggled. But but that suffering, in a way, it didn't it didn't diminish her. It didn't diminish mm-hmm. her mission. And you might actually say, in hindsight, it perfected her. You know, it allowed her to become more fully you know, the, the woman that God wanted her to be, you know, the saint that God wanted her to be. And, and I think we see this in the lives of the saints. You even see this in the lives of individual people. We have to be very careful, though, because we can't, it's not always, it doesn't always make any sense at all in, in the moment, mm-hmm. you know. But someone is looking back on someone who suffered, um, who's given themselves to God, who's given their sufferings to God, or who has offered their suffering for another, or is suffering because or for another person, uh, or because of another person? Sometimes we see that, in a way, that suffering really it doesn't distort them. Like you know, sin by its nature distorts. You know, sin sin uh, makes makes what is truly good and was true, good and beautiful, really fall short of what it should be. You know, whereas suffering accepted in Christ, it can distort us in some ways. But it also can perfect us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Saint Catherine has some really excellent teachings on this. And uh, her dialogue that she she wrote she she had this mystical dialogue with with Christ that she dictated to, to some of her mm-hmm. followers. Uh, and this was she was she was living in the 14th century. And Catherine said that you know we start our suffering often starts. Uh, even before we have any spiritual life, when we simply don't get what we want, mm-hmm. um, and this might be that you know we wanted to be wealthy, and now we're we're losing all we lose all our money, or we're just simply worried that we might lose our money. Right, um, and then you know we see that my whole goal of that I put my life in is is in jeopardy, and there's mm-hmm. a suffering in that, and that helps to turn us away from from evil things that aren't aren't worthwhile. But that that turning away from evil and toward virtue uh, brings us on a path where. Our suffering is is made something higher. We we suffer for greater things. So she says, you know, as as you move along, uh, what what happens? You start by suffering from your own own sinfulness. Uh, you want to develop in virtue. You want to get rid of sin, but it's difficult. Mm-hmm. And you you see the suffering in your life. You the the damage caused by by your own sinfulness. Mm-hmm. But then you maybe move up to where you you really do develop a, a virtue to stay close to God uh, despite many things. But then you develop a kind of attachment to God to to the the constellation of having this strong relationship with God. Mm, right. But and then she said, and she knew this because she experienced this in her life. Uh, you start to feel immensely this this separation from God that God God is far away, uh, and we're still living in a world of suffering and. There's a pain simply in that, that you are not as close to God as you want. Hmm. But then she says, uh, and this I think only only a few of the great saints 
have, have really managed, and she was one of them, that your suffering is transformed, or even that isn't, isn't really a source of suffering. You, you accept that. Uh, and in fact, you, you embrace suffering. You embrace your own sufferings because you want to offer them to, to God through Christ for the good of the church, for the good mm-hmm. of others. And really the, the only cause of sorrow in life is, is to see the, the sins of others and, mm-hmm. and the sufferings of others. And so someone you'd like St. Catherine, I think, is an example for us that, yeah, certainly we, we're not going to reach those heights, maybe, or maybe mm-hmm. not anytime soon. There's, there's a long struggle ahead. But I think what she does teach us is that there are different ways we can think about our sufferings, um, different ways that they, they can mean something to us. So uh, am I suffering just because I didn't get something I wanted? Uh, is that all my suffering means? Or could my suffering mean... Um, you know, God. God is asking something from me, and I'm I'm giving this over as as best I can for the good of others. Right. Um, and eventually, with the the great saints, I mean, they because they loved God so much, um, God in His goodness was more important than any of our difficulties, and so they were the saints were in fact happy to suffer for God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Being happy to suffer is something that's certainly not. <laughs> I mean, that's, common practice, but no, that's true. We mm-hmm. actually see that, and and there are times in which. I know I've seen that in people that mm-hmm. that their love is that deep that they really you know if they can if they can help I mean maybe it isn't actually that uncommon you know there are people who who voluntarily give up things or suffer mm-hmm. things for the sake of someone they love a family member or someone that they're really trying to help you know and and uh, and they actually rejoice that they're able mm-hmm. to give that gift you know maybe like someone who donates a a kidney, you know, yeah. <laughs> to someone. I mean, that, that's like in a way, like, well, you're, you're, it's a lot of suffering, and it's it's a certain mm-hmm. diminishment. But at the same time, it's like, you know, when you see this other person who's who's continuing to live because of something that you gave, that's that's a real. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth it for the love gift. of it. Yeah. It's worth it for the love of it. Yes. Um. So, so I think just some some practical things for. Our listeners, since again many people, you know, are, are, are struggling with this question: What do I do um, when I feel overwhelmed and everything's piling on top of me all at once, and it seems like it's more than I can bear? So, th- some things we've we've talked about are to 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 first think about think about Christ that that He doesn't just give us an argument for suffering; He gives us an example. Mm-hmm. You know, and we can also think about the saints. If you have a favorite saint. You know, especially a saint who has suffered in a way that you can identify with, because saints have suffered in many different ways, mm-hmm. you know. Like you know, St. Teresa of Calcutta suffered not so much physically, but just spiritually. You know, she felt a great dryness, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, she, she, she just felt a great, you know, um, spiritual desolation, you know, that she knew— uh, she, knew that, she knew that God, intellectually, that God was with her, but she just didn't— experience it so so there's but but she kept going you know and 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 died in god's in 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 in, in great a grift of complete charity you know so so to think about a saint that that speaks to you that speaks to your life and then especially speaks to your suffering um and also to remember what what christ himself said i think the psalms themselves there's some great psalms that that especially can help us um verbalize in our prayer you know um, how to how to how to allow the suffering to to become a meaning for us, not just uh, a meaninglessness, you know, but 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 gain meaning. 
Um, and again, it's very difficult to do sometimes in the moment, but sometimes in reflection, we, we, we can. Psalm 31, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Jesus quoted Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? It's a very raw kind of, the first part of the psalm is a very raw expression of great desolation and, and, and great suffering um, and being on the brink of, of, of dying. But if we read the second part of Psalm 22, we realize the person is actually looking mm-hmm. forward to God's answer, looking forward to praising him, you know, for answering this prayer. Any last thoughts that you have, uh, Brother Raymond, on practical ideas for, you know, handling handling suffering? Yeah, one thing uh, I'd recommend, just when we do pray to saints, uh, we do pray for their guidance, uh, it's, it's good to remember that they didn't just uh, suffer to kind of give us a, a how-to manual or right. an example of how to do it. They right. suffered for us. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they they went into some of the most difficult parts of, of human human life, of human sorrow, uh, for for our own good because they loved us and they're they're in heaven there to intercede mm-hmm. for us. Right. And so there there's a lot of encouragement to be found in the saints and realizing that that you know they they did this to to pave the way for us and we're not on our own. Right. Right. And that's so true, too, that when we're suffering, it's really helpful to have others to, to walk with us. Even if they don't have the answers, even if they don't mm-hmm. have um, the perfect thing to say, just the fact that they're there. I'll never forget when my, 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 one of my grandmothers was dying. Um, there was an old Irish uh, priest who was their pastor who, he would come over to the house. She was dying of terminal cancer, so it was a death that, you know, it, it, she, she was dying for a long time before mm-hmm. she finally went to God. But he would just come over. He, w- he really didn't say a whole lot. He'd just come over, make a pot of tea, you know, just be there, just say a few words, and then leave. And but just that. So I, I thought that was that was a very wise priest. I mean, mm-hmm. he he knew he didn't have to have all the words. Maybe words wouldn't even be remembered, but they would remember that he was there, that that person was with them uh, in in their suffering. So I think that's maybe a final thing we can think about is how we can seek people to walk with us good friends, and, and not expect them to have the answers, but ask them to be with us, and especially our friends in heaven, the saints. Thank you for joining us today for the Dominican Dimensions. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I've been joined in the studio by Brother Raymond Lagrange. Let's end with prayer, invoking the intercession of our holy founder, St. Dominic. O light, light of, of the, the church, church, teacher of truth, truth rose, rose of patience, ivory of chastity, Freely you have poured forth the waters of wisdom, preacher of grace, unite us with the blessed. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Then